0: In today's episode, we'll take a dive into the seafood sector. Is it time to prepare for more favorable markets for the salmon farmers? Or could COVID-19 hurt demand longer than expected? And how is Movie, the world's largest producer of Atlantic salmon, positioning themselves for the future? Welcome to Utbitte, the DNB podcast where we explain the financial markets and the global economy. My name is Marius Brunhaugen from DNB Markets, and today I'm joined by Ivan Vinneheim, the CEO of uh, Movie. Welcome, uh, Ivan.
1: Uh, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. fine, thank you. Thanks for asking. Good morning, uh, Marius.
0: Yes, we are also joined by my colleague Alexander Oxner, the seafood analyst here at uh, DNB Markets. Uh, welcome, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'll start with you, uh, Alex, because uh, you have a positive view on the seafood sector. Uh, what are the main reasons investors should uh, take a look at the sector now?
2: Well, I think the uh, the easy explanation is the um, the salmon price. We expect the salmon price to continue to rise from the current depressed levels, uh, particularly in, uh, in 2021, towards the uh, second half of 2021, 20- I do believe Volume growth globally is going to be substantially lower than what we've seen in the last three years, and that's going to drive the salmon price higher. In, the, in addition, the, um, the COVID-19 um, uh, pandemic has basically caused a lot of increase in the retail consumption, which means that we have a lot of new retail consumers. And it's my belief that uh, once the food service industry as well normalizes in 2021, we're going to have a very solid uh, demand response, and The combination of solid demand and uh, lower supply should mean a very favorable uh, development for the uh, salmon price and obviously also for the salmon farming companies.
0: So the backdrop is uh, definitely uh, interesting, and uh, we're looking forward to get uh, Ivan's take on what's uh, happening uh, right now, and uh, we'll do this the way that uh, you, Alexander, and I will take turns uh, asking questions to uh, Ivan, and uh, I'll, kick, uh, I'll kick off. Uh, so first, uh, Ivan, what would you say has been the biggest impact of COVID-19 on your
1: business? Uh, so far, by far, the salmon prices. Uh, 40 to 45 percent of uh, salmon is, uh, under normal circumstances, consumed in food food service. And uh, although we have seen increased demand in retail, it hasn't offset uh, all of the all of the the loss uh, in 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 food service. So, so in total, we think uh, total demand is is down by by 10 percent. Uh, Having said that, uh, it is important to note that this is of uh, short-term character and uh, purely connected to uh, COVID-19 disruptions. The underlying demand for salmon has and still is uh, very strong.
2: Yeah, Ivan, just just a follow-up question from from my side there. I mean, uh, the demand side, that's one thing, but uh, what about the logistical challenges? Particularly in the beginning, uh, there was a lot of challenges with air freight. Is that starting to normalize or is that still a, a challenge for you?
1: Uh, well, it's normalising. Uh, I think is the the right way to phrase it. Uh, cost is down. Uh, we also uh, find capacity. So, so in, in, in the end of the day, now it's uh, about uh, economics, uh, really. So, and uh, we think this development will uh, will continue. And uh, in a post COVID nineteen uh, situation, we think uh, it will uh, recover uh, quite uh, rapidly. So. Um, uh, th- you know how it is. Uh, to begin with, there there is a lot of chaos, and then uh, you find uh, ways uh, around it, and uh, things uh, gradually uh, uh, normalise.
2: So, you think the the second wave of uh, of COVID nineteen we're seeing in in some countries, uh, the the effect is probably going to be uh, less profound than than during the first round.
1: Yeah, so far that that is uh, our take. So uh, so we do not have any. Big problems with with the logistic anymore as we, we had to begin with. To begin with, it was actually really hard to get the volumes uh, going. So uh, that that has changed. So uh, it looks like the world is uh, uh, one way or another adapting to to this uh, virus uh, until we uh, hopefully have a vaccine in place in uh, in, uh, in due course.
2: Yeah. And in terms of the net effect, I think you you basically answered uh, answered that question. Um, Retail obviously significantly up, food service significantly down, and uh, I think you mentioned uh, roughly 10% impact. Was that correct?
1: Yes, uh, that's correct uh, so far. But we also think this will will, uh, gradually improve uh, a vaccine or or no vaccine because we are building demand in retail like for like, if you give us enough time, we think we will uh, offset uh, all of the loss in food service uh, through, through the re- retail uh, segment. But uh, our take is that uh, we will have a post-COVID-19 uh, situation next year and the food service uh, will recover. And at the same time, uh, retail is stronger than ever. So so the demand side of uh, Of this looks favourable in our view, and you mentioned shortly supply, Alexander, to begin with, and next year looks constrained. So, so we also have a very positive view on the market next year. Of course, if COVID-19 for some reason doesn't improve or actually deteriorate, that could, of course, change. Uh, this uh, equation, but that is not our uh, scenario uh, right now.
0: Ivan, I think uh, in connection with the Q2 presentation, you you pointed out that uh, you're seeing a shift in demand towards more elaborated uh, products. Uh, Do you expect this shift to be uh, permanent?
1: Uh, well, over time, uh, we, we think this development will, will continue, I and mean, we have seen this cont- development uh, over many years already. Uh, of course, it has uh, it has increased in pace d- during the COVID nineteen situation, and uh, and the day after vaccine, you, you may s- see some changes. But 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 the long term uh, development here will will go on. Uh, people will eat more and more elaborated uh, salmon products that are absolutely absolutely our. Our take uh, on this. So uh, we have seen uh, in the past, and we have had low sun prices, that it has really boosted uh, the demand uh, down the road, and uh, this we think will uh, happen again, and uh, particularly in the, in the in in the salmon category in retail.
0: And this take us uh, further on to your branding strategy. Can you uh, give us an uh, update on how it is uh, progressing?
1: Uh, I, I can. Uh, so uh, our Movi branding strategy is a long-term strategy that continues uh, unabated, uh, notwithstanding uh, some short-term COVID-19 disrupt- disruptions. Uh, the strategy is closely connected to uh, Movi's unique value chain and through an attractive name, good story, and uh, products standing out, uh, our ultimate goal is uh, to decommoditize the salmon c- category so so, so so nothing has changed, uh, uh, but of course, uh, we have had some uh, short term uh, setbacks uh, that goes uh, without saying, but uh, again, this is a long term strategy which will uh, continue uh, unabated
2: yeah and um, in terms of uh, of the branding strategy, obviously uh, more salmon now being consumed in retail, do you think it's actually Easier to get acceptance for, uh, for branding and retail versus uh, food service?
1: Absolutely. Uh, from, from a long-term perspective, this is, uh, is uh, strangely enough good, good for our uh, branding strategy. So, uh, yeah. Yes.
0: Good to hear. So, turning to uh, the supply and uh, demand balance, uh, Ivan, uh, how do you see it uh, developing forward?
1: Well, we have uh, already touched based upon it, and uh, it looks favorable. Uh, constrained supply next year, and uh, uh, we think the next years to come. Uh, you will not uh, see any meaningful uh, volumes from uh, land-based farming yet. Uh, we also believe in a continued strong demand for our, our salmon. Uh, so, so the only thing that could uh, deteriorate this is uh, COVID-19. But... Uh, uh, notwithstanding COVID nineteen, we, we build uh, markets uh, as we speak. So, so it, it just means that it will take some longer longer time. But uh, the, the 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 prospect for for this industry ha- hasn't changed uh, in in our view. It, uh, it looks uh, very favorable uh, going forward.
2: Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's a view I sort of share. Um... Particularly with regards to next year, it's it's Chile in particular which is uh, driving the the slow growth. We're expecting Chile to decline um, due to uh, lower release of uh, of salmon over the past uh, twelve months. So um, I, I would say I share that view.
0: Rising cost, uh, I guess, is a theme that is uh, hard to escape, uh, I would say, in, in uh, any, uh, any sector or any business. Uh, and to fight cost pressure, um, the board uh, of Movie have uh, decided to include a product productivity program uh, in the cost saving program, targeting a 10% reduction in headcount for Movie as is by 2024. Um, how does a 10% reduction in headcount match uh, the growth potential of uh, your business?
1: Uh, Yeah, good good question. Uh, So can we have two thoughts uh, at once? Uh, We think yes, increasing productivity and uh, growing at the same time are not uh, mutually exclusive uh, in our view. Uh, We can do both. Uh, So we uh, absolutely believe this is uh, feasible. Uh, We and the industry have had uh, a concerning development in cost uh, the last decade, I would say. So, so, so this we must address even harder uh, going uh, forward.
2: Yeah, I think um, over the past few years we've obviously seen significant cost inflation due to higher price of feed. That's one thing, but also sort of the biological challenges. Uh, it seems to me that, uh, at least on a sector level, uh, the production cost has at least stopped increasing lately, and uh, we're seeing good arguments for. For lower costs going forward, hopefully slightly higher volumes, um, uh, and also slightly better biological control. But could you probably give a, a little bit more flavor on the, on the progress in terms of uh, of biology? Are we starting to find better ways of uh, living with uh, with sea lice or treating for sea lice? And should that have a positive effect on on cost going forward?
1: So to to start with uh, the with, uh, with, with the beginning here uh, you, you said this is uh, driven by biology and uh, that that's absolutely true and uh, that gives uh, us hope because biology biology you can change and uh, we saw in the second quarter we had uh, 35 Norwegian Krone per kilogram in cost in the Faroes we were below uh, 38 in uh, region north uh, we were uh, just below 40 in mid and then our highest uh, cost uh, performer had uh, 58 knock so, so it looks the, it shows that uh, it's possible to, to deliver a good a good cost uh, with the with the current uh, environment so 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 there there's a lot of potential out there the challenge for for Moe with its broad uh, portfolio is that uh, it is much easier to have things going wrong uh, but uh, that we have an untapped potential, uh, absolutely. And uh, we are improving a little bit uh, every day. At the same time, we are uh, up against uh, cost inflation, uh, like the others. Uh, we also see strict regulations, uh, etc. But uh, it's just to look to uh, the best cost performance. Uh, this is uh, it's still doable to to deliver good on on, on cost.
2: Yeah, it's, I think it's it's almost like golf. The best guys is the ones who do the least mistakes, and we're seeing these positive uh, positive signs in certain regions, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to the high cost regions starting to perform in line with uh, with your better regions as well. That would be that will be uh, on my wish list.
1: Yeah, m- mine as well. <laughs> Good to hear.
0: There's a lot of uh, uh, new activity uh, going on and uh, Ivan, uh, you mentioned land-based, uh, we see new farming regions, uh, new technologies uh, are emerging. Um, how would you say movie is positioning itself uh, into all of this?
1: Well, uh, currently we have had, uh, or, or so far we have had a wait and see uh, strategy. There, there's a lot going on as you uh, as you say and uh, this gives opportunities so we are monitoring it closely. and. Uh, in the in the end, it's it's about timing we we remember how long time it took before open pen farming became a profitable industry many many years so uh, this development might potentially go f- f- faster but, uh, but, but no one knows so but uh, it's uh, interesting, uh, it's uh, very exciting, and uh, it gives uh, absolutely a lot of uh, opportunities if you uh, if you uh, act and, and do the right uh, things at uh, the right uh, time.
0: Yeah, as you say, there are uh, different uh, technologies and directions uh, out there. Is there a, a, a special technology that's, that uh, has caught uh, your extra attention?
1: Well, you know, we, we cannot... Uh, uh, be that specific. I think uh, I, I would say that uh, the jury is still out. Uh, n- no one knows, uh, neither do we. So, uh, so, 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 let's see. But uh, that there will come some positive uh, effects, uh, positive or 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 or, uh, or, uh, or new technologies uh, that you can scale up uh, from this. Uh, most likely. Yeah.
2: Just um, follow up, uh, if you start on the technology side, I mean, it seems to be sort of two main new technologies farmers are looking at. It's, uh, it's either land-based uh, or it's offshore. And in terms of uh, your development projects, etc., most of them are um, outside of those two main camps. Is that sort of a, a deliberate strategy, or uh, is it, as you say, just uh, a wait and see where, where the jury's still out on, on what actually works?
1: Yeah, I think you should uh, more more uh, look to, to the last part uh, you said there. Uh, at some point, we, we must uh, make up our mind, uh, and when we do, uh, we will uh, let you uh, let you know. But uh, but meanwhile, we uh, we are uh, monitoring it closely, so, so we have a, a wait and see strategy and. Uh, as I said, as you said, the jury is still out.
2: Yeah, so you're not scared of sort of losing a first mover advantage in in the technology side.
1: Uh, not uh, not really, because uh, in this industry, uh, at least so far, there, there has not been any first mover advantage. Uh, it, it has actually been the other way around. But of course, you cannot be the the, the, the last one either. So, so, we think it's it's more about the right timing. So, just so timing is a keyword here. Uh, If you take land-based, that is RAS technology. Uh, RAS technology is an old technology. We already do RAS in our small production. We have done for for, for many, many years. So so we have a lot of competence in-house, but we haven't taken our salmon through the entire cycle yet. So so, so there is still uh, some uh, uh, untouched ground uh, for us. But uh, if you if you're talking about land based farming uh, we haven't seen a, a real success story yet so 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 so, so let's see jury still out uh, offshore farming too it's very it's very early days so uh, and uh talking about uh offshore farming then then you also need uh, regulations in place so 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 let's see how the government is dealing with that so uh, so um, so a, a lot of things going uh, on uh What we decide to do uh, is still uh, yet to be uh, uh, announced. It's about timing in the the end of the day.
0: Ivan, uh, would you say, will we find it more uh, advantageous to develop uh, downstream uh, and upstream rather than uh, widening the farming footprint?
1: uh no uh first uh, i i don't think they are mutually exclusive i think you can do uh, all of it uh but uh our key earnings uh, our key focus is farming that is our core asset and uh our first uh, priority but uh again uh, i don't think this is mutually exclusive uh, we 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 have uh, we we are fully integrated we we have the entire value chain so and uh we uh, we uh, we be benefit from it, particularly these days uh, with the COVID nineteen uh, disruptions.
0: All right, uh, we have to touch uh, upon uh, dividends uh, at the end. That is, uh, as it seems to be high on the investors' uh, agenda. And uh, given the prevailing uncertainty, you decided to cancel dividends for Q1 and Q2. Uh, I know Alexander here expects you to resume dividends from uh, Q3. Um, could you could you add any color to what you communicated to investors during uh, the Q2 report uh, a couple of weeks ago?
1: No, that's uh, I, I must uh, in its entirety leave to to the board. That's enough. Sure I can I
2: yeah. can at least give my my color on it. I mean, Moe M- M- has one of the most advanced dividend policies. It is very clearly stated, and it basically says that if you generate cash and you don't need it for the operation of the business, it'll be paid out. Uh, on a quarterly basis, and you obviously have a net interest bearing debt target as well. Um, uh, I think it's also important to remember that uh, because MOE pays out quarterly, uh, when other companies hold back their dividend, we're talking about the 2019 dividend they're holding back. MOE's already paid out their entire 2019 dividend. So, what we're talking about here is the 2020 dividend, uh, which for most other companies they haven't even started discussing. Um, But in that sense, I mean, uh, the reason why we believe they will continue to pay dividends from from Q3, although at a a lower level, uh, is that we expect uh, the market to improve and earnings to improve. And uh, once the Q3 numbers are out, I think we'll be uh, fairly close to sort of, um, let's call it an inflection point where the companies as well can say that, okay, COVID-19 is starting to abate. Uh, We're seeing the demand uh, and supply balance improving significantly. Uh, and in that sense, become more comfortable uh, resuming their dividend policy. At least that's uh, that's our base uh, base case. And I I understand Ivan's uh, reluctance to answer on behalf of the board what's going to happen going forward.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, of course. And then, uh, fair point from you, uh, Alex. Uh, okay, so uh, to try to summarize here uh, at the end. Um if we want to say that the investors should prepare uh, for a volatile autumn, uh, which can be driven by seasonality and, and COVID-19 uh, market disruptions, but, but that the long-term fundamentals uh, remain solid with a potentially tight market balance next year, is, is that about uh, right, Ivan? Uh,
1: That's about right. So uh, we uh, believe in a tight uh, supply-demand balance next year, provided uh, a post-COVID-19 situation. Uh, But uh, also in a COVID-19 situation, uh, we see that the market is gradually improving. We see that we are uh, getting new customers, new clients. Uh, We see that we build demand. So, so, so we, we will get there uh, eventually uh, with or without COVID-19. But of course, if, uh, if we are still in a COVID-19 situation, it will take uh, longer time. So we, uh, the salmon has had a fantastic uh, journey so far. And uh, we strongly believe in a fantastic uh, future uh, as well. Uh, it's a great product.
0: All right. Uh, thank you again so much, uh, Ivan. Uh, we look forward to, uh, to follow movie going forward, uh, of course. Uh, thank you also uh, to you, Alexander, and thanks to everyone for listening.
1: Thanks for having me, Marius, and uh, thanks, uh, Alexander.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Marius.
3: Denne podcasten og dets innehåll skal anses som markedsføringsmateriell fra DNB og må ikke oppfattes som investeringsanbefaling eller som investeringsanalyse. Innehållet skal heller ikke anses for å være investeringsrådgivning tilpasset den enkelte kundes behov. Informationen som gis i podcasten er kun ment som generell spareveiledning og er ikke ment att utgjøre juridisk, finansiell, kommersiell, skattemässig eller regnskapsmessig rådgivning. Innehåll i sändningen är er icke genomgått eller godkänt av DNB Markets avdelning för analys. Alla uttalanden reflekterar DNB:s värderingar på tidspunkt för den aktuella sändningen och kan i efterhand ändras utan närmare besked. DNB är er inte ansvarig för hurdan information i podcasten benyttes eller tolkes. Information som hänvisar till historisk avkastning i finansiella instrumenter, en finansiell index eller prognoser gir ingen garanti för fremtidig avkastning. Den begär uppmärksam på att en vär investering ett finansiellt instrument är er förbundet med risiko för ekonomisk tap. Finansiella instrumenter kan både öka och minska i värde, att avkastning kan bli negativ som følge av kursfall. Den betar inte ett ansvar för direkte eller indirekte tap och kostnader som måtte uppstår ved bruk av den information som ges i podcasten.